Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Kristen's a partner with Maven Financial, and I can't say enough good things about them. Between managing our businesses, finances, they're our fractional CFO, as well as a lot of our dentists we share together. But you guys also do aesthetic practices, which I think is cool. Tell me a little bit about what Maven does for the the dentist and the aesthetic practice you guys serve. Yeah. So like Eric said, we are fractional CFOs. And essentially what that means, we don't do the bookkeeping, we don't do the taxes, but we are really helping our clients, dental practice owners, aesthetic practice owners. We've got some hybrids in there that are dental and aesthetic practice owners. So I think we're going to talk a lot about that and some of the overlap today. But we're helping our clients really make a plan, build a roadmap for their financial goals within the practice. So how much revenue can we anticipate on bringing in? What's the profitability going to look like? What about all of the providers? Really attaching goals to the financial you know, targets that we want to achieve for our clients. I've got clients that want to grow their practice and have maybe two or three or four locations. I've got some clients that just want to have a really good, solid practice and be very profitable. I've got other clients that want to be sitting on a beach in 10 years, sipping margaritas. And so what we do is we come in and we assess all of the data. We assess the financials. Are we overspending anywhere? Is there anywhere that we can optimize either the revenue or some of the expenses in the practice so we can get our clients to meet their financial goals? We want to be profitable. Well, we make a roadmap for that. And so and we talk about everything in between, anything that has financial implications. We're really working out a plan with our clients. Yeah. One of the things that I've liked most about what you guys do is I like the benchmarking. Like I, I like the comfort of knowing where my supply should be, where's my payroll should be. And I, I know that we're an agency and not an office, but I do, to me, that gives so much confidence in in the plan and the approach to when I can benchmark sort of what's happening in the industry, especially with payroll right now. Uh, salaries are, are, you know, and staffing and dental is, is awfully ambitious at the moment. And uh, I don't know that it ever slows down, but I do like knowing I do like being able to benchmark how an office does when we get into it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's definitely something that our clients really appreciate. And, you know, just like you mentioned, it's really competitive out there for any type of business to bring on new employees and the compensation is, is constantly evolving and changing. So what you you know, we're hiring someone at X position a couple of years ago. Well, they now cost a lot more. So it's really important to retain your people and then grow them and and give the appropriate raises versus sometimes, you know, trying to hire and bring on new people. But um, that's definitely something that we look at with all of our clients. We are assessing well, what does the normal dental practice, what are they spending on compensation? How are they compensating their providers and their support mm -hmm. staff? And then same in the aesthetic space. What is that percentage that it should be versus your revenue? What about your supplies? So all of those things where, you know, we're tracking, we're assessing that and those things kind of change. So, you know, what was normal a few years ago is not necessarily the normal that we're seeing anymore. 
Mm-hmm. No, it's, 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 it's the wild, wild west out there in terms of hiring. Wild, wild west. But, but you said something that has me interested uh, that okay. I want to talk about. O- over the last, I'll say, 18 months, we've had more and more practices come to us asking to add Botox, asking to, to you know, add, add some of the aesthetic facial things on, on them. And they've gone about in numerous ways. I mean, we've had people add MDs on Fridays. We've had people say, no, I'm only going to shoot in the mouth from inside the mouth. We've, I mean, we, we've seen a myriad of, of suggestions on how to add the facial aesthetics in the dental practice. What have you seen and where's the industry going and what are the best practices? Yeah. So for starters, the aesthetic industry is just growing. It's really taken legs and it will continue to grow and double in size over the next five to 10 years. So that's the trajectory of aesthetics. Um, You know, five, 10 years ago, it may have been hard to locate a medical spot or an aesthetics practice within your geographical location. Now it's not quite to the level of dental practices. You know, you can go up the street and pass you know, two to five dental practices on your mm-hmm. way to drop your kids off at school. But um, med spa isn't quite there yet, or aesthetics isn't quite there yet, but they're getting there. So there used to not be a lot of locations, and now it's it's drastically growing. So we have had a lot of our dental clients that are interested in bringing this on. We've worked with, you know, several dental clients that already do this. They already offer aesthetics in their practice along with other dental treatments and procedures. I will say one thing that if you're thinking about bringing this on into your dental practice and you're not already offering it, you need to have a good attorney, a healthcare attorney, and you need to make sure that you're compliant for what you're allowed to do within your state. So with medical aesthetics, it's, it's actually, it's unlike dental. Dental has some standardized federal things, national things that, um, you know, all dentists are allowed to do A, B, and C in every single state. Well, it's not necessarily like that in aesthetics. In some states, dentists aren't really allowed to do any medical aesthetics. In other states, you're allowed to do some medical aesthetics. And in most states, you're really allowed to do from the neck up. So that is one thing that we're definitely seeing. So if you're interested, I would definitely partner, you know, with an attorney and and I've got a lot of other insights here, but I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Eric. (laughs) I definitely want to hear more about the best practices to get started. Yeah, I do know that from a marketing standpoint, it is Uh a very different beast for us Mm -hmm. Um, where dental is more of a known thing of, of, you know, just the knowledge around it is so much greater. And and obviously the because we we have done it in the industry so much more mature in, in dental marketing that it's a little it's it's there's a little there's a more known this is the roadmap for a fee for service mm-hmm. practices. This is a roadmap for a PPO driven practice for the medical aesthetics. I mean, I know that there are some marketing companies out there. Um, we have chosen to not specialize in aesthetics, but I do see the work that Mary Rob at social practice does. I see a lot of some of the others and 
I find it fascinating. I look out there and I like what I see. Mm -hmm. What are the other best practices that you're seeing out there? As far as best practices, if you're looking at bringing aesthetics on in your space, of course, you need to know what's legally compliant in your in your state. But there are a lot of things to consider because, like you mentioned, the marketing attracting these new patients mm -hmm. For aesthetics, that looks totally different. I would say the number one best practice is can you accommodate the patients that are already in your practice? It actually costs a lot more to attract a patient into your practice that just needs these aesthetic services versus how can you take a really good patient that is already coming to your practice regularly for, um, you know, their cleanings regularly mm -hmm. for, um, you know, other things that you're doing in your practice, but make it an all-inclusive one-stop shop for everything neck up. So they can get their teeth taken care of, but they can also, they also have the option of doing, you know, maybe some neurotoxins, which, you know, you've heard of Botox and maybe Dysport and, um, Zeman, so that relaxes the the wrinkles on your face. So now they can have, you know, their teeth whitened and their teeth cleaned, and they can get a cavity filled, and then also leave um, with no no wrinkles. So it just makes it, you know, a really easy integration into yeah. certain practices that are wanting to accommodate and make a one stop shop for these patients. Um, is it true that the cost of goods sold is like near 40%? I mean, is that, did I hear that number right? Yeah. So Ooh. that's another thing to consider. Um, you know, if you are a very busy dental practice, it might not be the best option for you as mm. a dentist or for your associate as a dentist to replace some of their dental production with medical aesthetics production. Because for starters, if you think about, you know, just a regular general dentist practice, you've got lab fees and you've got dental supplies. Well, that can be anywhere on the low end, just depending on how much lab you source in the practice versus how much lab you're outsourcing. Um, that could be that could take your supply costs from 10 to 20 percent to now we're going to be offering medical aesthetics services those supply costs, not even thinking about, you know, the treatments, the overhead, just looking at the supplies, it could be 40%. Mm. So if you're doing neurotoxins um. and fillers, you know, it's not 10 to 20% costs on that anymore. We're really cutting into those profitability margins by you offering that. So if you have a really full practice and you are busy as a dentist, your associate is busy as a dentist, that's not necessarily going to give you more profitability. You yeah. don't want to take but, away that dental production and replace it with aesthetic production. So if you're a busy fee-for-service practice, mm -hmm. the, the aesthetics won't add revenue. They'll give you a break from doing the same thing in and out, but yeah. you probably need to be pretty passionate about being an injectionist and doing other stuff. Yeah. I have seen how they're marketing the aesthetic community and there's a lot of focus on the injectionist and their skill and their training. How are you seeing that transition from I'm a dental office to I'm a 
I'm now a dental anesthetic office. It definitely depends on how you brand it and how you want to establish the the types of production in your office. So, you know, most dental practices that I'm seeing that are also integrating the aesthetics, they're using that as a way to one, generate some additional revenue. And, you know, you can do a neurotoxin appointment within about 15 minutes, but, you know, for starters, they need to be skilled. So whenever people are looking for their injector and they're looking for someone to do their lips or do their cheeks, they're wanting someone that they trust for one, but they're also wanting and they're looking for someone with artistic skill. And so that's where the marketing really differs on the dental side versus the aesthetic side. Um, in dental practices, there might be some before and afters for doing veneers and for doing all on fours and things like that, but we're not going to do a lot of before and afters for fillings or crowns or things like that. Um, that's something that the patient and the client is really investigating. Do I want a more natural type of look? Am I looking for a natural injector? Am I looking for an injector that um, does a lot of lips, does a lot of cheek fillers, that has this certain look? There's different approaches. There's different ways that you can inject these patients. And mostly what I'm seeing for dental practices that want to integrate aesthetics in the space, they're wanting to give other options to their clients to generate some either additional revenue sources, maybe some additional revenue. If they're not quite full, you can definitely um, add some aesthetic revenue, but you must know that your profit margins just aren't going to be quite as great as they are on the dental side. So, you know, if there is a dental practice or a dentist that's wanting to say, hey, I want to open this aesthetics shop and I want there to be this experiential factor there where they feel like they're going to a med spa, then and they're going to have, you know, maybe they're going to hire injectors and have injectors. And then they're also going to have their hygienists and they're going to have their associate dentists. And there's going to be like a dual med spa and a dental practice. That's a little bit different. And so that's where you really have to be targeting these new patients. Does that kind of hmm. make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in targeting it, these new patients, ahead. you know, that's where you have to bring in the specialized marketing. They're going to be looking for these before and afters. You mm -hmm. are going to have to directly market to people that are looking to address certain things with their skin. Is it wrinkles? Is it acne? Is it sunspots? Is it aging? And to be perfectly honest, the cost of marketing is a little bit higher too. So not only are the supply costs, sure. but to bring in a new patient, that's, that's more costly as well. Yeah, I mean, I, the testimonials alone are, you know, one of the more expensive parts of marketing is capturing that content. Yeah, and then, you know, making sure you build the reels and the other, the other, you know, corresponding assets. Yeah, that's, 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 that's definitely a, a heavy lifting part of, of marketing. I've learned a ton and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. That was your bite of dental marketing for the day.